It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard. Dennis Stuckey, Brady Beaton, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports uh, Podcast uh, as uh, we get uh, set to start talking about girls basketball because the season officially got underway last night. Uh, there were several games in the area, the two that we got to cover. I think we got a little lucky, uh, Brady, and we had two really good basketball uh, games last night. Close games that went down the wire. My game went into overtime. Seemed like there was a lot of close games to start. Uh, I know you had one. I had one. PH and Marine City both had close games. So, yeah, the – Week one of the season, hey, it was nice to know that this is our start date and we stuck to the start date <laughs> and we showed up and, well, outside of South Lake showing up about a half hour late, everything went smoothly. You're still a little bit bitter about that, but I, I think the, the quality of game brightened your mood at least it a did. little bit. It did. South Lake impressed me a lot, but we can talk about that. And then I'm sure we'll have a few other things to talk about. We might just put a la- last couple crossing some T's, dotting some I's in football season. And, uh, well, we have a few more hockey games the next couple weeks or next couple nights because unlike last year, it's not a full season condensed into like six weeks. So we're actually going to have a few days in between a lot of games. So there might be some days where we only have a game or no games because there's not three games a week every week. Yeah, well – Hey, I'll take it, uh, and uh, I'll enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed last night's uh, Northern Anchor Bay uh, game, uh, and we'll probably start somewhere right around there when we come back. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, 
Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Port Huron. Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Dura Clean by Bachelor. Magna International is North America's largest auto supplier and now calls the Blue Water area home. Our new plant, located on Range Road in St. Clair, will have great opportunities for all members of the community. Named to Fortune Magazine's World Most Admired Companies two years in a row, Magna offers many different career opportunities. Wages start from $17 and up. Go to magna.com forward slash careers to apply today. Again, magna.com forward slash careers to join our team and create the future of mobility together. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Youth movement, Brady, that's what I saw last night. Um, I, I believe I, I counted the 38 freshmen in the programs for Northern and Anchor Bay. Obviously, the freshman team are all mm-hmm. freshmen, but Northern's got eight on the freshman team. Anchor Bay's got like 14 kids on their freshman team. And then their JV team is all freshmen except for two players who are sophomores. Jeez. Um, varsity didn't have a, a freshman on it, but but still, it's a very young group. 
And uh, for Northern, Northern's got five freshmen on the varsity, one on JV, and again, eight uh, on the freshman team. So a lot of young players coming up through the ranks for these two schools. Two teams that lost a lot of talented players. Well, I mean, you look at uh, Taylor Wolf and Genevieve Decker gone for um, Anchor Bay. And, of course, Northern lost Shagney and Keys, um, who are two names. It feels like Shagney and Keys, first off, played at Northern for seven seasons. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's been, what, a Shagney? There's been and a Shagney and a Keys there for basically the, the last two cycles. Yeah. Um, so it, it just... It, it it was weird to go and do a game and not say those names, right? But don't worry, you got a Falco. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a, a Shannon Falco is one of the freshmen, uh, five freshmen, and they play. They play um, uh, Charlotte Eastman and uh, Kate Nichols and Shannon Falco got a lot of minutes last night. Uh, the third quarter was coming to an end. The score was thirty-one to thirty, uh, and and. Northern's out there. They've got four freshmen on the floor, and they're they're you know they're holding their own and, and playing well. So it was kind of fun to see. Now, when you get by the way, Northern won in overtime, forty eight forty two. It was a really good basketball game last night. Now, when you get into the red schedule, and Northern's got to play Dakota and Gross Point North and Gross Point South, and they're going to face PH and Eisenhower. Those are the teams in the red this year with Northern. Is it going to be like last night? Probably not. Probably you're going to hit some speed bumps along the way. But this Northern team didn't look that bad to me, Brady. Like, the, yeah, because the, there the were girls just, can play. There were just so many unknowns, and you see five freshmen, and you go, okay, was that out of necessity, or was that because they deserve to be up there? And while you beat an Anchor Bay team that, granted, has lost a lot of talent, but still played competitively. Dennis, you saw them. Anchor Bay wasn't a slouch. They weren't what they were last year in game one, but they weren't like a punching bag. No, and and they had four girls who played for them Mm -hmm. last year. You know, Peyton Lee, as a sophomore, was a starter for them last year. Uh, Jalen Churchill was the backup center basically last year, but got a lot of minutes off off the bench. And so those were their top two scorers. And Churchill played, it seemed like she played three quarters of the game with four fouls. Like she got into foul trouble early, uh, and they really had to pick and choose where they wanted to play her the rest of the way, and she still managed to score 10 points. Peyton Lee had uh, 16 points. Uh, Michaela McGee was just all over the place. Just, I, I think I described her as a gnat or a water bug. It was <laughs> like just everywhere the basketball was, McGee was giving somebody fits, played great defense, and and added a little offense too with seven points. And I had forgotten about O'Reilly Caraway, another player who came off the bench for them last year and who, who starts now uh, and, and had six points. So Anchor Bay's, you know, their starting five is solid. Their problem this year is going to be the depth because the depth players la- who are on last year's team are the starters this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they need to uh, to find something from off the bench to give them a lift. But seven kids scored for Northern. They played nine different kids. Jersey McGregor was really good. I mean, McGregor-Lee, they canceled each other out. They, they both, you know, were – 
16 points, and they both were double digits uh, rebounds. The the person that I think really put Northern over the top was Abby Lanshute, who played last year, but not often did she get long minutes, or and never was she looked at as the person to be the scorer. Right, she's never the focal point of that offense. Yeah, she was the shooter last night. She knocked down three threes, shot the ball confidently, and then in overtime, um, she knocked down the free throws. You know, when when you sit there, it's a cliche, but you go, hey, if Northern makes their free throws here, they're going to win this basketball game. Mm. And Abby Lanshute stepped up and knocked those clutch free throws uh, down, uh, and it was really good. Uh, I really liked Kate Nichols. Early in the game in the first quarter, Northern fell behind 5-2 to two early, and then they went on an 11-2 to two run that was sparked by Nichols getting four points. Um, and then in overtime, Charlotte Eastman hadn't scored the whole game. She had the first four points of overtime. Uh, another freshman coming in in a clutch situation and looking confident. Like, she went in, scored a couple of baskets. She had a baseline floater that was just beautiful. And then the next time down, they gave her the ball again, and she confidently jacked up a three-pointer that went halfway down and popped back out. But it's it's like, this is a freshman. Right. It's a freshman, and this is an overtime game, and they're like, hey, she's got the hot hand. Let's go to her. Yeah, that's, that's really nice to see. And you know a team that's as young as that will just get better as the year goes on. Yeah, I, I think so, and it was, uh, it was a really – well-played game, I thought. Um, it, it was a little higher scoring in the first half, and Anchor Bay got into first-half foul trouble. And then in the second half, as you'll often see in a game, Brady, where it was lopsided one way, right? all the fouls were against Northern in the second half, but it was a much lower-scoring second half. And then in overtime, Northern won the tap, got the first bucket, and just took control of the overtime period, ended up outscoring Anchor Bay 9-3 in overtime. Um, but just just a really good basketball game uh, last night. Uh, and, uh, again, um, young players doing a great job, uh, but uh, Northern's veteran players, too, like I say, McGregor and Lanshute, uh, Gray Schroll played really well last night, too. Didn't score as much, only had three points. Had a big bucket, though, didn't she, at the end yeah. of the game? Yeah, so I mean, they and and again, the freshman players did their jobs. Eastman at the end, Nichols in the beginning. Uh, Shannon Falco knocked down a three in the first uh, quarter during that eleven-two run that kind of I think really settled Northern down and got them feeling like confident and going, oh, the, mm. it's just a basketball game. Right. And we can play basketball. We've been yes. doing this our whole uh, lives. And uh, Marissa Ramo had a, a bucket as well. So I just thought it was a, a really fun game last night. These are two evenly matched teams. Will they have rough patches? I think you're going to when you're young. But I also feel a lot better about these teams uh, than I did going in because, as you said, just so many questions. I don't know who these players are or what they can do. Well, now I've watched them, and I'm a little bit more confident. Northern will have a, a nice test on Friday when they've got to go to Marysville. Yeah, you want to real quick just talk about Marysville. They beat Chippewa Valley. I saw it was 47-30. So both teams will be 1-0 going into that matchup. And, yeah, that's going to really see where Northern stacks up because me and you both believe that Marysville's one of the two or three best teams in the area. And, 
Northern's going to be young, and they're going to have to go. They're, it's at Marysville, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to go on the road uh, against a very talented team that returns basically everybody outside of one player. Yeah, that's going to be a rough uh, – that could be a rough game for them. But who knows? Anchor Bay, I thought, would uh, – I probably would have picked Anchor Bay in that game had we done picks, and I would have been wrong. And Well, getting five freshmen to play quality minutes makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I uh, think the, the thing that uh, Marysville poses uh, a, a issue or, or a challenge come Friday is, you know, the we know that they have – good ball handlers, uh, and we know that they have a person who can score. Like With Anchor Bay, I knew Lee would get her points, but like I said, the way it worked out, Lee and McGregor kind of canceled each other out, and the rest of what Northern had was just a little bit better than what Anchor Bay had, just simply because Anchor Bay doesn't have as many kids that's that are contributing, at least right now, at least in game one. Well... And the other thing is with Marysville is you know they're just going to pressure and pressure and pressure. How are the young players going to react to that? Yeah, uh, and, and, and and you know that, Jim. You, you've been in that, uh, that Couple gymnasium. Times. Uh, the home team always seems to get the, the, the better bounce on those rims. It's all, teams, for some reason, have so much struggling coming into Marysville's gym and shooting. Um, all right, I was at St. Clair. And I'll be honest, I looked at this game and I'm like, okay, St. Clair, Southlake. All right, St. Clair's losing some players. And I looked at, all right, what Southlake do last year? They went 3-8 and eight and only went 1-6 in the silver. And I went, oh, that's going to be a bad game. St. Clair's going to beat them. St. Clair might have to find their footing for a minute. But, I mean, the bottom of, like, the gold is tough sometimes, like with Fitzgerald and Sterling Heights. And you get the bottom of the silver, and I'm going, uh, this could get ugly. I was wrong, thanks to some more freshmen. First, for St. Clair, um, uh, first off, Southlake beat St. Clair 52-47. What was a really, really good game. St. Clair, they lost Christina Bone, they lost Sarah Lohr, Alex Joshua not there. That's a, Those are three people that played big minutes and were their main contributors. So I was going to see who stepped up, and they really spread it out. Peyton Malcolm had a good game. Ashlyn Zimmer had nine points. They they had eight different girls score, and that's not including Sky Gottler. Excuse me, nine different girls score, and that doesn't include Sky Gottler, who got hurt in the fourth quarter, and Southlake was not letting get a free look at the basket. Uh, but Southlake really, really impressed me. They went on an early run, and they were up 12-8 after the first, and I'm like, oh, Southlake has a couple girls that can play. St. Clair stormed back at the half. It was 23-22, but Southlake was doing it the complete opposite way. They were leaning on just a couple girls. Uh, Christina Gibson, a freshman, was handling the ball really well with pressure. Delijah Horn is a junior, and she... She's a legitimate, really nice basketball player. And then they have another freshman, a 5'10 freshman, Dania McLean. She was athletic as can be. She, and I'm not kidding, almost jumped over Maddie Cole trying to get a layup. Like, the top of her leg hit, like, her head or neck. Otherwise, she would have cleared Maddie Cole. 
And I'm like, are you kidding me? There was one time there was a rebound. She reached up over everyone. It was like a Renaissance painting. You just saw one arm extend like from the elbow up over everyone to go and get the rebound. And it was like, that's a freshman? Like, it, she was a really nice player. Southlake actually got up the lead up to, I believe, 10 points at one point. It was like 38-28. And St. Clair in this, in this fourth quarter was able to get the lead back to one. But they just had so many turnovers, Dennis. Like, any time they'd start to get momentum, they would hurry up and rush a pass. Or, or they'd try to throw a full or a half-court pass out of an inbound when they didn't need to. Like, I, I'm not exaggerating. Conservatively, they had at least 25 turnovers in that game. Yeah. How much uh, of that is missing Sky Gottler in the fourth quarter? Some of it, but a lot came early, too. Um, and there were some passes that just hit girls in the hands that they just dropped. Um, at not having Sky in the fourth quarter when you need that senior presence, when you need someone who can settle it down, that's where that hurt. So where they can just get the ball to her, because you know in crunch time you want to have that one person. You know, get the ball to them. They'll set everything up, and let's roll. Yeah, you, the, the person that you trust. Yes. To bring it up the court, to handle the pressure, and to make a good decision. And Peyton Malcolm, she was having a really nice game. She tweaked her knee for a bit, so she was out for part of the fourth quarter. She ended up coming back in. But Sky Gottler not being out there hurt in that regard, yes. And, and I, I don't know how long she'll be out for. I don't imagine she'll play Friday against Anchor Bay. Uh, but St. Clair, the biggest concern for me was how are they going to score? And they did it by committee. Like I said, Peyton Malcolm with 12, Ashlyn Zimmer with nine, Audrey Schindler with six, Aaron Saros with six, Maddie Cole added five as well. And they, they didn't have one dominant scorer like they did last year. They put up 47 points. That's a pretty good showing. Yeah, that is. Uh, in girls basketball, you're you're a bucket away from getting to 50. Right. That's going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, that is going to win you a lot of games. Last year, they only averaged 41 points a game. So one game in, my big – And that's with Bohm, who was yes. probably, what, 17 points a night at least? Yeah. If not more? Yeah. And they, they – they quelled that concern, but they need to limit the turnovers because if they don't fix that, and that's a common theme you'll see in, in first games, especially girls who are new to varsity or boys that are new to varsity. But if they play Marysville and they can't figure out a way to handle the ball, they're going to get pressed to death because that's – their biggest concern. If I watch that film, I'm going, I am not letting up a full court press on St. Clair. But they can score, and they rebound Audrey Schindler. She fouled out, and that hurt them a bit because she was a nice presence inside. She took away the McLean girl for a while. McLean only ended up with nine points. By the way, Christina Gibson, freshman, 22 points in her varsity uh -huh. debut. And Elijah Horn with 19 Daniah McLean had nine. She probably had 15 rebounds um, for Southlake. But, yeah, St. Clair needs to figure out a way to, to handle the ball. Scoring's not the issue. Um, I did want to say last year, 
and it's funny going from the bro- a neutral perspective as the broadcaster. I thought the officials were actually fairly decent last year. Like there wasn't many games where I'm like, "What is going on?" Like obviously, <laughs> when you're looking at it from one team's perspective, you get skewed a little bit. Yeah, because like, you're looking at it from just the calls that went against you. You remember those ones. The officiating, it was game one for them, too, <laughs> in mine. It was like there were probably five different times that they had to buzz the official over to see who committed the foul. There were some times they just went foul, and they're like, uh, on who? Because that's kind of important. Uh, it didn't affect the outcome of the game, I didn't think. it was. They were bad equally, uh, but I'm going to give them at least a little bit of leeway and say it was the first game. They had to uh, change it up. There was one time, I, I think it was Schindler, was waiting there to take a charge. And the girl went into her, and she didn't fall down. And the official crow hopped three times. And I'm like, oh, it's a charge. And then went to the hips and called the block. <laughs> and, and, and Darren Petrakowski's like, dude, you went from the free throw line to half court just to call a block. Like, you could see him like, did you really just do that? And the official, he had that look on his face like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Well, I just... He uh, was anticipating the charge. Yeah. I, I You know, I, I didn't mention the officials in my game last night, and to me, that's a compliment. Right. That they they didn't do anything. I mean, the best officials are the ones who you don't know their names. Yeah. Uh, or or like, like I say, I, in the first half, everything kind of seemed to be against Anchor Bay. Second half, it evened out. Um, the, was, were there situations where the coaches bickered or, or, or whatever with an official? Yeah, but like nothing where I'm like, yeah, he's going to get a tech if he's not careful or she's going to get a tech. No, I thought, uh, I they, thought the officials kind of flew under the radar in my game. And those are games that I like South Lake's bench did get a warning and, and both coaches gave the officials an earful. And like I said, Hey, it's the first game, I'm just like us. I'm sure you listen to a game we do in late January. We're going to be calling it a lot better than we did last night. So it was the first game for everyone, but I thought it mentioned at least, it warranted at least mentioning because, again, I don't think it affected the outcome of the game because both teams got some uh, bad calls, and they weren't consistent. Like sometimes it was basically a wrestling match out there for a few minutes. And then it would switch to if you breathed on them wrong, it was a foul because they're like, ah, we let too much go, so they overcorrected. Yeah, it was it was an opening game for sure. Yeah. Uh, PH had a tough one with Utica. 42-40, Utica held off Portier and I. All we know is what Becky Gilbert sent us, and she said mm. kids played hard. Yeah, and, and I believe, uh, let me see, Julia Gilbert uh, was their leading scorer. Let me pull it up real quick. Uh, yeah. 42-40, they lost. Julia Gilbert had 17 points. Alana Williams had 12 points. And they couldn't get a shot off at the end. I know Brendan Welper was there, so he got to see it in person. And, well, it's a uh, – you knew it was going to be a, a – a, I don't want to say a tough year because they still have a lot of talent. And, and Becky's basically – her thoughts were when I talked to her was – it was the first game – you could tell there was maybe a little bit of nerves, a little bit, because going to Utica is not an easy opener. I know they're a Mac White school, but that's still a program that's been solid, and to go on the road your first varsity game can't be easy. 
Yeah. And and I'm going to tell you what, too. Uh, the White has Lance Cruz North, who's usually pretty good. Stevenson is usually pretty good. Romeo was down last they year. Were, that was tough last but, year for Romeo. But they've been in the red in the past. Um, and, and even, uh, uh, you know, Anchor Bay was really strong last year. In fact, they won the White last year. No, Lance Cruz North did. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Lance Cruz North just steamrolled everybody. Yeah, uh, Anchor Bay finished second. You're right. Uh, and, you know, and Ford and Utica, those are big schools. The, they're going to be competitive. So, But 42-40 is nothing they, to, like, it's not like, oh, they, they get their first game and they got exposed. They lose by 25. No, yeah, they were no. winning at halftime. That's, that's a game that goes back and forth that you just fall a little short on. Yeah, and and I guess my point is is I don't think that that's a bad loss either. I don't I don't think there's shame in uh, losing to uh, Utica. Um, Marine City lost to Clawson, forty two thirty eight, and I made kind of a bitter face at you when I saw that score. And then you're like, "Hey, Clawson was pretty good last year." Yeah, they went fifteen and three last year because you go, "Oh, they lost. They played a team from the silver and and." Well, also, because most other sports, Clawson isn't that great. So you just you kind of get in that habit of, oh, it's Clawson. They're not – they're yeah. like boys basketball, they were horrendous last year. Football, they, I mean, I know they made the playoffs, but eh, it was in the MAC bronze. But their girls' basketball program's legit. Yeah, they, they played in a regional semifinal against Lutheran North, and, and obviously Lutheran North won that game. But that's a tough game for Marine City. I believe it was at Clawson, too. Yeah, they were on the road. Yeah, 42-38 against the conference champion from a year ago. Again, trying to find that footing. They did bring everyone back. It would have been nice to see Marine City get that win, but that's not a loss I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill them for in, in game one against a team that won a district and a league title a year ago. Yeah, uh, a team that won 15 games in a shortened season right. last year. For Marine City to to keep that one within four points. Well, I, I think Marine City has the talent to compete with them and to beat them. I just think they came up short on the road. Who knows? If that game's in Marine City, maybe it's a different story. Well, there and, and again, the Lady Mariners are a team that intrigue us because they – bring so many people back and they've got a couple of uh, of kids that uh we think are going to be pretty good like uh, I really liked Eatland mm-hmm. um uh, I I she's she's good in a couple I of sports I think Jade Blanchard's going um, I thought she yeah, was a Blanchard's really nice player I mean both basketball and softball she shined as a freshman uh the Volkmans I feel like you could just plug and play them. Basically, they're they're just athletes too. Like there's a lot of uh, of uh, talented players there. And, and Austin's and, a shooter. And Layla Comets was also is a, yeah. a shooter. Yeah, yeah. So we like that. Uh, Lutheran North Brady is the official voice of Lutheran North sports. Uh, in overtime, if they want they... me, if they want me to do a district, <laughs> they'll win the district. In overtime, they win at Yale last night, forty nine, forty eight. So that sounds like that was a real good opening game for both of those teams. Yeah. What's up with week uh, the first game and having just absolute bangers of, of games? Like, come on now. Yeah. That's a second overtime game. I mean, goes to I, – I, I'm trying to remember. I wish I could find the books from last year if the McClellan sisters were juniors or seniors. Because if those two are back, Lutheran North's going to be a problem. 
for teams. I don't know if they play any other area teams, but it, it'll be tough. Seems like they always do show up somewhere. Cass City over Elmont, 47-28. to uh, 28. Sandusky rolled past Deckerville, 55-11. to 11. Uh, All nine players scored for Sandusky. They had uh, three players with uh, nine. Uh, Emmy uh, Bender, Madison Long, and Morgan Teague. Uh, so uh, Al Demott uh, and his girls win again, and, and Al's getting 29 really close. wins from the state record. Won't get it this year, obviously. Yeah. Can't win 30 games in a season. They're, they're not too far off. They are not too far off, Dennis. Yeah, he's so at some point next season, we're going to be talking about him being the, the man. Yes, <laughs> the all-time. He's already win, the man in winning my this girls basketball coach. And I believe the, the, the leader was from Country Day. So, yeah, he did it at a public school. He should get pl- bonus points there. Yeah. Pl- plus, folks, we're, we're talking like 700 and something wins. I think 757. Let me check. I know Mike Gallagher put it out there. I mean, think, think about – I mean, this is high school basketball. You play 25 games a year if you're lucky, if you have a good program. You you got to coach forever to get into to the seven hundred win territory. If you're averaging twenty wins a season, let me see if I can find this. Uh, duh, 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 duh. He started the season with seven hundred and sixty-seven wins. He's now at seven sixty-eight. Wow. Like that's just, just disgusting. Like just do some <laughs> quick math. Just for you out there let's assume you go 20 and one every like you win 20 games a season yeah right so 767 divided by 20 you would have to coach for 38 perfect seasons actually a little more than 38 perfect seasons yeah i mean to get to that point it's just great and i know al's been there for a a long time but that's just a a lot of consistency because there aren't there aren't many seasons that uh, if you go back through that there probably aren't many seasons where they they don't win fifteen games. If you're co- yeah, if you're coaching for fifty years, like let's say someone, some twenty year olds, like I'm going to do that. By the time I'm seventy, I'll be the all time. You'd have to win sixteen more than sixteen games a year to pass Aldemar. Yeah, there there just aren't any bad seasons. There aren't any losing seasons. It's just a model of consistency. Uh, three other scores from last night. Brown City beat Peck 41-14 to open the season. Uh, Warren uh, Regina beat uh, Cardinal Mooney 53-20. And New Haven beat New Haven Merritt 59-8. to uh, So all our uh, lopsided games were our smaller schools. Um, but uh, for the most part, uh, in the MAC and in the uh, BWAC last night, there were some really Good basketball games played. Yes. Yes, there was. And we'll have more for you later in the week. Uh, we'll just actually have one more basketball game this week when you have Northern and P- or Northern and uh, Marysville on Friday. But we'll have hockey before then. Yeah, we've got uh, three hockey games coming up over the next uh, two nights. Uh, we'll talk uh, a, a lot about uh, that. Uh, we'll also uh, have some football talk uh, coming up as well. And a reminder... Next girls game is Friday night. Marysville hosting Port Huron Northern on uh, Stream 1. Looking forward to that. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. 
and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800 250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Take it advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval, equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Looking for that perfect first vehicle for your kid's Sweet 16? Maybe you just want a quality vehicle at a fair price. Whatever your needs are, Jepson Car Company will take care of you. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson has a wide variety of pre-owned vehicles that can fit your budget. With a great selection for first-time car buyers, check out their website at jepsoncarco.com. That's J-E-P-S-O-N-C-A-R-C-O.com. Or give them a call at 810-662-3048 to find the perfect ride. 
This is Lucy Harris. I'm a class of 2022 senior, and I play on the golf team at Port Huron Northern. As a Port Huron school student, I had the opportunity to participate in the most extracurricular and academic opportunities in the region. I can even earn free college credits from the Blue Water Middle College. At Port Huron Schools, I am treated as an individual and my teachers care about my specific needs. After graduating, I plan to study abroad and attend college to eventually become a teacher. That's my Port Huron School story. What will yours be? Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water Area High School Athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. Uh, Brady, the uh, Porter on Northern Huskies hockey team, off to a 3-1 and one start. Uh, they lost uh, in the season opener uh, against uh, Catholic Central. Uh, and since then, they've won three straight. They handled Stony Creek. Uh, what was that 6-2? to two? That was a game that you saw. Yeah, something like that. And it was, then it was, a, it was a nice win for the Huskies. At the Larry Manns, uh, they didn't give up a goal uh, and uh, got uh, scored 14. Uh, and uh, in that tournament, 10 different players scored a goal for them for their 14 goals because that was coming in. We were like, who's going to score for Northern this year? Well, guess what? They got 12 different players have already scored a goal for them in four games well, this let's, season. Let's, let's take a moment before we get into their game and talk about that because last year, obviously, it was the two-headed monster of O'Flanagan and Bartless. How much of having three lines that maybe doesn't have a superstar but – is a threat to score at any time. It, it's, I mean, two sides of the same coin, I guess. But you've been around hockey long enough. You've seen teams like that. What are the differences like when you have a line that you know, hey, it's crunch time, we're down a goal with four minutes to go, go out there and get one? Or, hey, we're just going to run our lines and three, four different lines have a chance to score? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the the more comfortable option sometimes is having that, that big line that you can throw out there and you're confident that they're going to get it done. But I just think you're better off when it's goals by committee. Um, and in a, on a particular night, you, you kind of have a feel, uh, a, a coach mm-hmm. knows who's going, you know, so late in the game, these are the guys I want out on the ice. But for most, most times I just think it's better. You just roll your lines keep everybody fresh and you know that anybody you put out there can score a a goal for you and that's kind of where northern is at too and the other thing about it is um the huskies defense is kind of leading the offense at least in the in the first four games colin or a defenseman Mm -hmm. is their leading goal scorer and point guy right now he's got seven points in four games he scored four goals um, he's he's absolutely on fire. Nolan Johnston is their third leading scorer with five points, and then uh, a couple behind him is Nick Robbins. Um, so their defense is doing it 
for them as well. I like Silas uh, Klink, too. He's another guy. Barrett played well, I thought, during the Larry Manns uh, tournament. Um, I think we talked a little bit about this uh, on the last show. They've got size and they've got mobility back there, and that helps too. When guys can retrieve pucks in your zone mm-hmm. and then advance it, head man it, make good strong passes, get the forwards while they're moving, because uh, Northern's not lacking speed. No. Um, up front, they're not as big uh, as they are back on, on the blue line, but they're fast. Um, and you can tell, too, that the, the combinations right now, they work well together. Um, the Monahans, you can just tell, they've played together their whole lives. Right. They, they know where each other is out on the ice. You watch Graham and Chauvin and Bruno and these young guys that, that have come up, and you can just tell. They, they've come up through the system playing with each other, and everybody just looks really comfortable. And at least right now in the first four games, they look – I guess that's the word that I like. They, they look like they know each other, and they look very comfortable out on the ice with one another, and, and they've looked very cohesive as they've played these games that I've seen. Well, this will be a big measuring stick game against uh, a crossover opponent – with Gross Point South. The Blue Devils have kind of shown up early in the season. They lost their opener 5-1 to one to De La Salle. But this is what they've done since then. 3-2 to two win over Livonia Stevenson at Livonia Stevenson. That's a nice win. A 3-3 three to three tie with Cranbrook, defending D3 state champs. They beat Trenton 5-4 to four last Saturday. And yesterday, they beat Gross Point North 5-1. to one. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, uh, and this is a team that didn't really do well last year. They played a lot of close games, um, they, they and COVID affected them because they only played nine games last year, um, but they only won two, uh, and they, they lost three games in overtime, and they really only got blown out once last uh, season. But, again, they've got some firepower. Um, I know that uh, Spitz is a, a really good uh, player. Um, I don't know too much else about him. Obviously, we had a connection. I know you don't like me talking about him. But Bobby <laughs> McKillop uh, coached at South for a long time. So I'll probably pick his brain a little later today before I go into this game. See what he's got. See, see what he's he's got on these guys. But they seem a little more – Top heavy, where it's two, three guys kind kind of carrying the load. So they're the opposite of Northern. They're what we talked about. Right. They know at the end of the game they can throw this line out there to to get it done. But during the rest of the game, it, it's like okay, we, we've got to put the second and third lines out there and hope that they don't get scored on. Yeah. Um. So, so that uh, you know, when our big line gets out there. We have a chance for something. It's working for them right now. Uh, I also think that uh, the goaltender uh, is uh, pretty good, too. He was the, the backup last year, and he's the number one guy this year. I think his name is Cowan. Yeah, uh, yeah hold on. And, uh, yeah, so Dougie I, Cowan. So I, th- I think they get good goaltending, and they've got – they kind of put all their eggs in – one basket, similar to what Northern had last year, and that got them to a quarterfinal, Brady, with mm-hmm. Sheffer's goaltending and 
Barless and O'Flanagan just going crazy on everybody. Looks like they've got Spitz and Crane go crazy on everybody, and they get good goaltending. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll have a good game tonight. A couple more games tomorrow. St. Clair Shores Unified plays Marysville, and Utica takes on Port here on high. Um, Marysville, I still like Marysville. Uh, I, I know that uh, that Northern handled them, um, and, but still, I, I like Mary. Again, Marysville's got some young guys. They need a little more secondary stuff right now. If Turner and the Tula Valleys don't score, then it's tougher for the Vikings. Or if they don't score on their power play, mm. it, it's it's tougher for them. So they, they need that second unit to find some goals because there's some good players there. Uh, Van Hootigan especially, he's a guy that I came into this season thinking he'd be a, a kid that we'd talk a lot about um, this season. So, um, uh, and again, I like McKinney. Um, so I, I like, uh, what, what the, what the Vikings have. So I expect a good bounce back uh, game tomorrow night when they take on uh, unified, uh, and then PH, PH just needs to get their guys back. Mm-hmm. It, you, you can't play with nine skaters. Yeah. And I no idea how many guys will be back tomorrow. Hopefully they get up to at least 12 or 13 so they can roll multiple lines out and give guys extended breaks. Yeah. Cause, uh, again, uh, U- Utica was interesting. They're unified too. It's Utica mm-hmm. and Utica Ford. They just call them Utica. Um, they had like a roster of thirty something kids last year when they rolled into town, and they and they played everybody. They, they played PH. They played uh, Anchor Bay. They played against Marysville. I actually saw Utica two or three games last year, um, and, and they they literally had two different lineups. Because they had so many kids, and you can only dress, you know, twenty right. for the game. So they got like ten scratches, and they they kind of moved guys in and out. And, and they had they had you know a, a handful of decent players, but they were helter skelter. What I remember about them last year was seven to five, eight to four kind of hockey, um, and and that's not the when PH doesn't have the numbers they play i called it rope-a-dope and and actually they played it to perfection against anchor bay mm-hmm. and they just ran out of gas uh at the end of that but they just kind of bore you to death and they counter punch they're, they're gonna try to to clog things up they're gonna circle the wagons in their own zone and and they're not whatever we'll ice the puck they'll ice the puck 35 times a period <laughs> if they have to and is it fun to watch no but is it a good strategy? Hey, uh, if you're two-two in the third period, uh, uh, in a game if it's where working, yeah, and, and you know, and they get good goaltending. Uh, McQueen was sensational during the Larry Mans uh, tournament. Kid gives up 15 goals and doesn't win a game, and he might have been the second best goalie in the tournament <laughs> behind Sheffer. Right. So that's what we have for you the next couple days. Um, so that it's, it's, a, it's a slower week to start with boys basketball, not starting girls basketball, just starting to get into the swing of things. But there's one more thing about football. I think we need to talk about, um, the all state selections came out. There was a lot of representation. There are also one or two misses I thought, but okay. we can go through that. We'll go through by division and we'll, uh, see what it ends up with. So 
All Anything right. else on hockey, Dennis? Nope. Just uh, tonight, 6 o'clock, tonight being Tuesday, 6 o'clock, uh, we've got Northern and Gross Point South, and then we double dip on uh, Thursday with uh, Marysville at 6, followed by PH at 8 o'clock. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 Hey guys, Brady Beaton here to let you know that TP Logos is now at their brand new location. Now located at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville, TP Logos has the largest in-stock selection of your team's spirit wear. While the location has changed, the service has not. They still will handle all of your custom screen printing and embroidery needs. Check out tplogos.com to see their vast selection of products, including Badger Sportswear, Nike, North Face, Richardson Hats, Carhartt, and more. Don't wait weeks for your gear. Get it in days with TP Logos. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. 
Four Huron schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Come on, Ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Dennis and Brady, the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck On Sports podcast. And... uh, some uh, some final thoughts here on the high school football uh, campaign because this is something we haven't really talked about. Yeah, Allstate has been out for probably about a week now, and we just haven't had an opportunity to get it between the state championship preview episode and then the holiday, and then yesterday was so jam-packed. We figured a little bit of a slower day today we can uh, get this in. So do you want to start small and get big or sw- start big and get small? Uh, let's start small and get big. All right. We will start. I do not believe we had, we, there was no eight man, all state selections, which uh, sorry, there was Ethan Bowerman yeah, I was, was gonna, an athlete for eight player division one. So I say if he wasn't just for that one game this year. <laughs> yeah. Ethan Bowerman, uh, is the athlete. That's basically like, you're really good. You deserve to be all state. You just don't have a spot to put you because you play everywhere, right? Because um, some some divisions have a couple athletes, some only have one. So uh, he was the only eight man from Deckerville, and he had a heck of a season. Division eight had a few ugly players. Ethan Gillig on the offensive line was an All State selection. Kyle Sweeney, he's just listed as end. On offense. Yeah, basically he's a he's a tight end, split end. Right. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, Parker Peruski made it as a defensive lineman. And that was it for the defense. And Ethan Marshall, a specialist from Marlette, made it. So no Mooney uh, kids made it. Which, and- uh, again, I'm... I'm- I'm surprised by that. I'm also surprised Evan Peruski isn't somewhere yeah, on there. Yeah, I, I didn't know if Evan Peruski would be an athlete, but there's it, it's it's tough to get all state. D seven. I don't. We didn't. I don't think we had anyone. I'm just going over one more check in case I miss someone. Uh, no, no one from D seven. D six had a few. People make it both on the defensive side of the ball. A couple Elmont kids, Brandon Brandon Hunsecker as a linebacker, and Mason Smith as a defensive back. So two really talented defenders that gave teams fits in, in our area. Yeah, I'm. Maybe. I only saw Elmont play once this year. It was the Algonac game because of the referee situation. Mm-hmm. They played it on a Thursday. And, and I'm really glad I went down and saw that uh, game um, because uh, a, a couple of those Almont kids are pretty good. Mm-hmm. D5 
There was a lot. Marine City wasn't the only team mentioned, but I believe they led the state in all state selections. I'll just go offense to defense. Carter Ames, offensive lineman, well-deserved. Jeff Heslop, quarterback, well-deserved. Zach Tetler was a running back selection. I thought that was a slam dunk pick for All-State. Defensive side of the ball, Wyatt Walker made it as a linebacker and Ty Nelson as a DB. And one other selection from the area, Wesley Peters from Richmond got the nod at linebacker as well. I, I just, I feel like, uh, did you mention Charles Tiger? Charles Tiger How is did Charles, not, Charles Tiger not an uh, All-State guy? Here's what I would imagine is, one, he missed three games, but I figured you could put him at athlete. Like, Charles Tiger is a very talented football player and had, like, 13 sacks or something on the year and only played, like, 11 games. And, yeah, I don't know. Charles Tiger didn't make it. That one was the only surprising one. But Marine City with, what, five different All-State selections? Yeah. I mean, and all deserved. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like here's a guy that you could make the argument is the guy. Yeah. Um, and, and I realize that, that they're a, as, as teams go, right. they're a team. But if you were picking a guy to start a football program with, Charles Tiger would be really high on the list. Yes, he would. Um, because as, you, as a running back, he averages a first down per carry. Uh, as a defender, he's all over the field. Special teams, kick returner, punt returner. I mean – I don't know, and and I think uh, during the broadcast of the uh, finals, you even mentioned it. Uh, the the kid could play like fifteen positions on the field. Yeah, yes, he could. Um, all right, Division Four, where a lot of our teams reside, Dennis. We had just one selection to the D four All State team. And I know this upset some people to the north. Maddox Moselle, not the, not the fact that Maddox no, Moselle no. got it, but he's very deserving. Yes. Also, guys, there's no E in St. Clair. It's not St. Clary. <laughs> Come on. It's not St. E. Clary or Come yeah. on. There's no E in St. Clair. It's not the woman's name. It's St. Clair. Someone like I I don't get that. But there were a few Kids that I thought had a chance. Jake, now, Jake Townsend and Sage Slanick were very, very good players. However, I can understand that because quarterback and wide receiver are very competitive positions to get all state in. Like offensive line, you have six different slots. Quarterback, you only have two. The kid from Freeland made it, and a kid, the kid from Fruitport were the, the selections there. So, okay, you're, you have to be top two at your position there to make it. That's a little tougher. Wide receiver, same thing. They only have two receivers, the, a kid from Freeland and a kid from Footport both made it. So, while they were very much deserving, should they have gotten it, it wouldn't have been wrong. I can understand. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's the now, system that we need to look at a little more, especially in today's game, Brady. 
so many spread offenses. You've got four receivers on the field. You should be able to pick more than two guys. Now, here's the bigger snub. There are five linebacker spots. Kirk Wilson will go into the state record books as one of the best seasons ever in terms of tackles for loss, and he didn't make it. That's where I thought that that was the biggest snub for me. Yeah, and I don't know who else is out there uh, in in D4 for things, but uh, um, I don't know. I would have liked I to. I believe he under with 27 TFLs by himself. Yeah, but the, the, the there's some guys in the secondary, too, that I'd make a pitch for because I like Oliver and I like Espinosa. Yes, and again, it's really hard because there's 60-some teams you're competing for. Yeah. Even at linebacker, five spots. So you have a few hundred linebackers that want to get that nod. And we're And let's be honest. We're biased. We yes. know we know we like what we see. We don't get to see everybody else. That's why I'm not gonna start a riot because Jake Townsend or Sage Slanick weren't because I, I I know the quarterback from Freeland was deserving. I I'm assuming the kid from Fruitport was. I have no idea. I mean, you saw the the Freeland kid. Yeah, he that's an all state quarterback. Yeah, he was good. Um, but. To have a kid that's setting a state record for TFLs in a season not be an all-state linebacker is, I thought that was a little tough because he's going to, like, that's, I mean, that's what it is, all-state, and you're setting state, well, you're not setting the state record, but you're in the record books. Yeah. I guess my only argument is who were the kids that were picked and what are their resumes? Right, and unfortunately and, and they we might don't look have. at it too, like, Maybe guys have commitments because you know that plays a factor. It does. Into it, too. it does. Um, yeah, because in D five, the Van Summerman kid was all state, and I, I just, I don't know. That was one kid that I know he could play anywhere, but the reports from uh, where Williams did no Essexville Garber. Yeah, I haven't heard good reports over there. No, yeah. The, um. The, anyway, issues. Anyway. Uh, D3, there was nobody. Uh, Marysville's our only school in D3. They were down. I mean, you look through the list. King has one, two, three, four, five, six different All-State players. Like, D3 is loaded. Yeah. And D2, we didn't get anyone, which I can understand because, again, there's a lot of talented D2s. Uh, some names you might uh, remember. Amari Embry was a... Running back from Warren Woods Tower, he's going to, I believe, Army. Yeah, if I and he's he's a really nice player. Like you know, and PH kind of they shut him down. Uh, and uh, did he do much against St. Clair? Not a ton, not a ton against St. Clair. Like he got a bulk of the carries, but he didn't go um, like stupid mode or anything. And Roseville had a couple kids. Malachi Clark on the defensive line. He's yeah, the one he's going, going to Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. And Tyrell Henry who's going to go to a Power 5 school. Um, and he single-handedly beat Northern in a playoff game. Is the athlete. But could Northern have gotten maybe a defensive player on there? I don't think if you put, like, Luke Fletcher on there, I'd have to, again, I don't have the stats of him compared to the stats of the others. Uh, but maybe Northern could have gotten a defensive player on there. But... I look at some of these names, and I actually recognize a couple of them, and it's, 
it's hard to be first team all state. I guess my my thing I would say is they they should have a second team. Yeah, that's uh, the only like like I don't know why they call it first team all state when there's no second team. Yeah, it's just all state. Right. At, at that at that point and maybe the thing that hurts Northern a little bit uh is is the fact that like they were all really good. There isn't that standout guy that had 20 sacks or whatever. I mean, if Fletcher didn't do it, Sayers did it. Mm-hmm. If he didn't, Orr did it, you know, and At so on year, and so Falco on. And yeah. Or Green or you, – you, you had uh, – just – you got contributions from so many kids that in the end maybe it doesn't look as impressive to people when they're looking at stats. Yeah. But, again, congratulations to everyone that did get named first team. It's tough to do. It, it really is. And the other thing is teams that go farther in the playoffs just inherently get more recognition because there's a better chance that the people voting on this saw them play in person. And like we said, you see a kid in person, you feel a lot better about voting for them than just looking at a stat sheet. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, but really like, uh, so f- for you, Kirk Wilson was the one guy in the area he would that be, you felt I, like I'd have to, I mean, look at it really closely, but that was the big one because again, like I said, quarterback is very competitive, just like wide receiver would it have been like did Townsend Slanik, did their names belong in there? Yeah. Like if you put it in there, I don't think anyone's up in arms, but I'm not going to be up in arms that they weren't because I understand how tough it is. But Kirk Wilson was the one like you're setting a state rec- you're getting in the state record yeah. book. And and for me, and I only saw him the one game against Beale City, but Evan Prusky in that one game was the one name that got said more times than anybody else. It seemed like every time there was a tackle, they said Evan Prusky. He was involved in two interceptions. Uh, and plus the fact that at quarterback at Ubley, he's the cog in the wheel. Uh, he he's what makes everything go. Well, I'm sure he'll get a uh, he'll get that nod. I feel in the next couple years, he's still only a sophomore. Yeah, he's got two more years there. That's the scary part about it. Ubley's not going away, folks. So his if 27 was the correct number. He's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, tied for ninth all time in state history for TFLs in a season. By the way, the record's thirty nine. Wow, who who did that? Brandon Shafo from Wald Lake Western back in oh eight. And then three years later they had another kid with thirty six. Wow. Yeah. Right? Are they padding the stats there or is that legit? I'm, like pfft. You'd have to really did Brandon Shafo go anywhere? I I don't know. I mean, Wald Lake <laughs> Western's not a Dennis is not a small school. Yeah, I know. Like that's let me. I don't know. We'll do some quick searching, and this will make for good podcasting. <laughs> um, that's spontaneous. Well, let's see. Who knew we were going to bring up the name Brandon Shafo today? Uh, Shafo All right. Well, his Twitter hasn't been active since 2016. It not showing anywhere i mean he was all conference it i'm there's no college stuff coming up okay for him so apparently he was just a really 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 good high school football player okay that happens yeah 
Nothing wrong with that. He's got his um, name in a record book. <laughs> let's see. Um, Live named him the Mich- one of Michigan's top 25 prep defensive players of the last 25 years. Wow. Okay, well, then that's a pretty solid accolade. Yeah. Like, I mean, you get into the likes of names like Vernon Golston, who played at Ohio State. Um, yeah. Anyway, we've kind of gone off the rails. Malik McDowell. <laughs> Uh, Jordan Lewis. Hold on. Oh, where, where do they have? I have to figure out where they have him. Yeah. Before I, before we can end this, end the show. That's all right. Why is it not show? Is it Brandon? Oh, it's Brandon, not Brendan. Oops. I did what I hate. Um, <laughs> oh, he's an honorable mention. Sorry. So still, that's really tough to get on that list. I would think so. Otherwise, you'd be there. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I mean, you block like six kicks. I, I, do, I do have the Marysville record for block kicks in a, <laughs> in a career. That is true. By the way, Lamar Woodley was number one, if, oh, if anyone was curious. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that explains that list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. All right. Uh, hockey tonight, Tuesday night, 6 o'clock. Uh, Northern against uh, Gross Point uh, South. Uh, and that's the last thing I have to add. Cool. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.